you know, this was something that we thought was uh, poor ethical behavior on the part of management. We actually took a 35% loss in this investment. And, you know, this was over a period of only four months. And, you know, clearly it was something that was very painful for us, especially being new to Vietnam. And, you know, this was a hard lesson or a painful lesson in our early experience there. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risks, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest, Michael Garcia. Michael, are you ready to rock? Yes, I am. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Yes. So let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Mike is CEO and Chief Investment Officer of MBG Capital, a boutique investment advisory firm based in Manila. MBG Capital serves as investment advisor to Sea Hedge Philippines Fund, a Philippines-focused equity fund domiciled in the Cayman Islands. So Mike knows his stuff about Philippine stocks. Prior to establishing MBG Capital in 2011, Mike worked for nine years as a head and chief investment officer of Trust and Investment Services Group of the Union Bank of the Philippines, where he oversaw $1 billion of client portfolios. Again, he knows the Philippines market. Michael is a CFA charter holder like myself, and he holds an MBA degree from business school in Barcelona, Spain, and an undergraduate degree in AB Management Economics from Ateneo de Manila University in the Philippines, a campus I've actually been to in the past to give a presentation. Mike, take a minute, fill in any tidbits about your life. Well, thanks for uh, the opportunity. I should say I've been managing money for around 15 years now, and it's been a learning experience all the way up to this point. So I'm looking forward to share this latest experience, not too long ago, in fact, you know, where I will talk about my worst investment. Awesome. All right. So, well, then let's get into it. What I'm going to ask you now is it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Okay. Well, this is an investment that I actually did in Vietnam. This was sometime last year, 2017. We started to invest in Vietnam, really try to expand our portfolio and get some exposure in that exciting market. So it was very important for us to get this investment right. And indeed, any investment we did there, we were very careful in our selection process. But perhaps this particular investment had some pitfalls, which hopefully we'll be able to explain later and everybody can learn from it. Now, the company that we were looking at was actually a ferry boat company. They had a fairly simple business model. They basically are of Vietnam to another. The business case was premised on the tourism boom going on in Vietnam. And, you know, this was a company that was seeing revenues grow between 50 to 70% per year. It was trading at a single digit. There was operating leverage that was kicking in, and these revenues were translating to net income growth of double, triple, 
at least historically. And this trend seemed to be something that was to continue on to the future, given the tourism prospectry. We had to be a licensed player. Now, for our particular portfolio, we run very concentrated positions. And so this was one of three stocks that we were betting on in Vietnam as we were getting into the market. So it represented chunky third of our Vietnam exposure. Any mistakes there, as you might imagine, would essentially have a big impact on our portfolio for Vietnam. Now, this was a company that was granted a, you might say, a tax concession early on as it was uh, embarking on providing the service. And it had enjoyed that tax concession for at least five years. And the government was... Now, some problems... Well, what happened in June about last year, this company received a tax assessment from the Vietnamese Revenue Service. And essentially what came out of that was a fine of something like 20% of its current year's net income or 20% equivalent of the current year net income. So it was a hefty fine. And you know the background was basically a change in the interpretation of the tax law. They lost their concessions and you know, it all came very sudden. Now, this was very, the company's tax assessment is born out of a change of interpretation, a change in government. You know, these are things that are outside of its direct control. We wouldn't necessarily be so ruthless in determining, you know, whether or not, you know, they might have their influence and therefore something that we could have easily forgiven, even if it was a very big fine. It could have been a one-off, in fact. Now, the problem was management kept mum about this tax assessment. They received the letter in June, said nothing to the market until about August, when everybody got with from June to August. Management was actually actively selling their own shares. And you know, before disclosing it to the public, a big chunk of management shares were sold to the market. So you know, this was something that we thought was uh, poor ethical behavior on the part of management. We actually took a 35% loss in this investment. And, you know, this was over a period of only four months. And, you know, clearly it was something that was very painful for us, especially being new to Vietnam. And, you know, this was a hard lesson or a painful lesson in our early experience there. So it was something that we took very seriously as soon as we found out the news and, and saw the circumstances behind why management was quiet about it, basically trying to get out. We also rushed to exit at that point, and you know, we decided that we wanted to get out at any price. And as I mentioned, the result was some um, 35% loss on our part. Got it. Well, that sounds like a pretty intense situation. A couple of questions I had, one of them is like, when the management started selling in the market, did you see that or did the market see that and they just didn't know about the news? So you're thinking, well, it's common that management will sometimes sell or had you not seen that or the market hadn't seen that? Yeah, it happened in between uh, reporting periods. So, you know, it was not something that would have been disclosed right away. And in fact, if you look at the quantities, especially if they're telling, you know, a few chunks here or there, 
but you know the trend became very clear over this period of time. But yeah, you know it is common that management might sell shares. They, you know, might need it for their personal expenses. So it wasn't really something that changed our mind per se. I mean, the, as far as we were concerned, the business model, the prospects for the company were intact, and you know it didn't look like uh, this was anything of an alarm. Maybe naively we thought that there was nothing wrong, and it was just simply we're doing pretty well. I mean, I'm sure that's a pretty common case for all of us when we're investing as we look at management selling and we have to make a decision of is that just management, you know, taking some profits? Is that just management adjusting their own personal portfolios based upon their own situation? So I can definitely see how you decide to ride with that. I think, why don't we take it from there and say, let me ask you, what lessons did you learn from this experience? Well, certainly... The number one lesson here is the need to take into account management ethics. There are unscrupulous management teams there. Their, their behavior could upset the whole rationale for investing in the stock. And you know, it's important to get in, not just looking at the numbers, but likewise taking into account management ethics. So that was lesson number one. Now, Clearly, this was something that is really part of our and probably uh, lesson number two combined with minority shareholders. You know, you really have to take the time in your due diligence to meet management, I guess, and, you know, to assess at that point. I mean, there's a lot that you can learn in a personal meeting vis-a-vis just reading financial statements. Our mistake was wanting to get in, you know, rush in to buy the shares about that time that we started to accumulate it. So it was really unfortunate that we became quite smooth process and we decided we wanted to meet management. But unfortunately, at that time we were in Vietnam, you know, we couldn't get the, uh, the meetings in place. They were busy and, you know, we thought that we would catch with them another time and we decided to buy the shares anyway. So obviously you don't rush into things and you have to really apply your investment process steps in a very disciplined manner. So I think ensuring that management ethics and interests are something that, ensuring that management interests are aligned with minority shareholders is very important. Ensuring that, you know, you got a management team in place that takes into account goal, you know, your investment case. That's pretty much the lessons. Yeah. Got it. All right. So let me summarize what I take away from this story. There's a couple of things. I think the first one is a common theme I often hear about when people are making their worst mistake. And that is, or their worst investment is that they break their process. I just right. was talking with someone the other day and they said, well, I had this process, but you know, there was reasons why I wanted to accelerate it and I justified not breaking my typical process because of certain reasons that I thought were justified at the time. But I realize now that don't break your process. So I think that's definitely one thing I would take away from that. The other thing that I think about is management ethics. And this is where it gets a little bit hard because when you have a company, let's say, that's done some bad ethical things, usually that's in the market and it's in the price. But where the real damage happens is when a management that has not done some ethical thing does some unethical thing, and then nobody was really expecting it. And that, that's a harder one because it's very hard to expect that any market participants are going to warn you or something like that about it. 
was there, in this case, had management done unethical things before, or was this a, a surprise that management really hadn't done something like this before? No, this was a plain surprise, you know, and in fact, the feedback we got from other investors at the company, the guys who we basically followed into the investment was that these guys checked out pretty good. And, you know, they were, I guess they had good vision. They were very strong operators, but there was no mention of ethics. And it clearly something that we wouldn't just ask of them. And, you know, certainly we don't want to create any kind of mis- How it is in Asia, you're very careful about these things. So, no, it was complete surprise and we wouldn't have known based on any kind of historical behavior on their part. And the other question I have is about stop loss. And now I use stop loss because I'm more quantitative driven these days. But for a traditional fund manager, stop loss is not a typical thing used. But one of the arguments against stop loss is it doesn't always help in a situation like this if a stock gaps down pretty quickly. If you had had a stop loss in it, I don't know, 20%, would you have been able to execute it or it wouldn't have been even able to be executed because it just gapped down? Yeah, that's exactly the case. You know, you're dealing in Asia, liquidity and volumes are a lot uh, lower than usual and, you know, stop losses you know, it can be triggered very quickly. And before you know it, you know, you're way below your stop loss. And that's exactly what happened in our case. Would have wanted to get in, to get out slowly, but there were two were the news came out and there was rumors about the manager. You wouldn't have been able to execute the stop loss anyway. It took a while for us to get out of this position. That's a great, great point for the average investor that doesn't know much about Asia is that the liquidity is a major issue and that's what you're talking about. Well, I think why don't we wrap that part up and let's move on to the last question, which is based on what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Well, management, as I mentioned, but you know, maybe in this particular case, it's you really have to ask the right questions and may almost insinuate and tell just to give them the idea that you're an investor who watches out for ethical behavior. Always be careful in, you know, within the context of investing in Asia, you know, it's very thing and suspicious. So you've got to be careful how you ask these questions. And if I could add another piece of advice, which I already mentioned a while ago, but I want to underscore here is, you know, it's important not to rush into your investments. It's capital. You know, you really need to apply your process diligently. And if that means meeting management before you make the investment, do it. You know, it'll save you a lot of pain down the road. Got it. That's fantastic advice. I think the main point from my perspective is develop your method and your process and follow it. And ultimately, over time, that'll probably be where your biggest value is. So there you have it, listeners. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we wrap up, Mike, thanks again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for the audience? I give me the opportunity to share this experience. I think it's helpful also for me kind of as a way to obtain closure in a sense and rehash to myself these painful. I look forward to the next way I can uh, participate and help out. Awesome. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside.